0: You are listening to WETF, the Jazz Station in South Bend, Indiana. My name is John Clark, and this is the Jazz Focus. Thank you very much for joining us again today. We are listening to the music of the great and unheralded alto saxophone player from the Boston area, Dick Johnson. And uh, Dick Johnson was born in Brockton, Massachusetts, just south of Boston. In 1925, he came up listening to the music of the swing era and uh, after service in the Navy in World War II, he joined several different bands that toured around the country, most notably Charlie Spivak in uh, the early 1950s and the Buddy Moreau Band in the mid to late 1950s. And it's at this point where he was engaged to make two different uh, albums featuring his jazz playing. He was known as a jazz player, even though he also played lead alto with Buddy Moreau. Uh, And uh, the first uh, album was done in Chicago in February and March of 1956. Uh, The personnel on here, I think they were all studio musicians from the area. I don't believe they played with the Morrow Band. uh, But we're going to hear... As we did on the first two tunes, we heard Dick Johnson on alto sax, Bill Haveman on piano, Chuck Sagal on bass, and Bob McKee on drums. And the two tunes we heard were the sum total of that session, which was The Lady is a Tramp by Rodgers and Hart, and The Things We Did Last Summer by uh, Sammy Kahn and Julie Stein. These were... uh, tunes, uh, well-known tunes from the era, Dick Johnson had a great taste in popular tunes. I think he was given pretty significant latitude in the uh, repertoire choices in this particular uh, set. Those two tunes, as I said, were from the first session, February 29th of 1956, and I think it was probably along the lines of a demo session, since those were the only two recorded, but clearly they were very successful. nifty little arrangements on The Lady is a Tramp, especially some good passage work between the piano and the alto sax, and great solos by Dick Johnson, who was inspired by many different players, but maybe none more so than Lee Konitz. And we're going to hear a tune coming up uh, dedicated to Lee Konitz in a while. Uh, you'll also hear some similarities between his approach and Art Pepper on the West Coast and some of the other saxophonists that we've been hearing uh, from time to time on these programs. So we're happy to focus on a, a very remarkably little recorded saxophone player from that period. And we will talk more about Dick Johnson's career as we go ahead. So we're going to jump to the second session done uh, for MRC. This is a, an album entitled Music for Swinging Moderns. And uh, this uh, next session was done about a month later, March 27th of 1956, with Haveman again on piano, uh, McKee on drums, of course Dick Johnson on alto sax, and Dave Pashanka on uh, string bass. And we're going to hear three tunes from that session. We're going to hear the Rogers and Hammerstein tune, Honey Bun, kind of a lightweight uh, tune, I believe from South Pacific. Then we're going to follow that up with the uh, ballad, Stars Fell on Alabama, one of Dick Johnson's best recorded performances, I think. And finish that up with um, the tune by Bernie and Simon, Point Sienna, made famous around that time by George Shearing. So those are our three tunes in the next set. The Dick Johnson Quartet doing Honey Bun, Stars fell in Alabama and Point Siena. Thank you. the Dick Johnson Quartet recording for MRC in 1956. And we heard Dick Johnson on alto sax, Bill Haviman on piano, Dave Pashanka, uh, uh, Pashanka, I guess, on bass, and Bob McKee on drums. And we heard three tunes. We heard that sort of fluffy version of Honey Bun from South Pacific, Rodgers and Hammerstein. And that shows... uh, kind of the tr- more traditional sound of Dick Johnson, probably the sound he was using as the lead alto in the Buddy Morrow band at the time. As I said, he was playing regularly with Morrow and uh, was featured as a jazz soloist with that group. Uh, I don't believe any of the other musicians in this group were from that band. They were seemed to be studio musicians from Chicago. Most of them were from the Midwest, Cincinnati, Cleveland, so forth. Um, but they gelled quite nicely on this recording. And then we heard the really beautiful ballad performance of Stars Fell on Alabama, uh... Mostly Dick Johnson, a little piano in there as well, but he really had a way with a ballad. Beautiful sound, uh, lighter sound than you might associate with uh, ballad players like uh, Johnny Hodges, certainly, or even Benny Carter or Phil Woods, but still very effective. Then we finished up with that kind of clever little arrangement of Point Sienna with some uh, sound manipulation at the beginning and the end, that little echo effect, which was nice. So Dick Johnson, as I said, was playing with the Morrow Orchestra at the time. Uh, In the 1960s, I believe he toured a little bit with Chico Hamilton and some other groups. He did some time occasionally with Stan Kenton's band. Uh, But he returned to the Boston area and more or less spent the rest of his career using Boston and Brockton as a base and played with many, many local groups, Uh, jazz groups, general business groups, big bands, what have you. Uh, He did not record a great deal for a musician who is as well respected and well remembered as Dick Johnson. There are relatively few recordings of him playing, uh, especially during the 60s and 70s. He did come back in the late 70s to play with uh, his friend from Rhode Island, Dave McKenna, on piano. They did an album for Concord in the late 70s, and uh, by 1983, uh, Johnson had been selected hand-selected by Artie Shaw to lead the Artie Shaw Ghost Band, although they didn't call it that at the time. Shaw was still alive and occasionally uh, toured with it and uh, introduced it and emceed. He didn't play. He hadn't played since the 1950s, but he felt Johnson was the best clarinet player uh, to play that style. We're not going to hear any of his clarinet playing on this podcast, but he was a very, very good player and also a very good flute player and played soprano and tenor sax on different recordings as well. So Johnson led that band until he passed away in 2010. They did quite a few tours and a couple of albums as well. So, in 1957, he was given the opportunity to record an album for Riverside, which was a much more jazz-oriented label, and uh, an interesting little group here. He is featured with his friend, as I mentioned, Dave McKenna from Rhode Island on piano. Both of them had played quite a few gigs in the early days. McKenna had gone to New York in the 1950s, was playing with Eddie Condon, and also Gene Krupa, and many other groups as well. Uh, He made his way back to New England, uh, and... uh, Held forth in Boston at the Oak Room at Copley Plaza for many, many years, uh, as well as recording uh, for Concord and other um, uh, record labels with some of his various cohorts, including uh, Lou Colombo on trumpet, George Masso on trombone, and Dick Johnson on saxophones and clarinet. So with the two of them, we have kind of an unlikely combination. Wilbur Ware on bass, better known for his association with Thelonious Monk, for a while anyway, and Philly Joe Jones, who uh, played drums with many groups, most notably with the Miles Davis Quintet in the mid-50s for some of those classic albums that they did. So these two musicians, who are African American, and Johnson and McKenna, who are New England uh, white players, on the paper make a kind of an unusual combination, but here it works very well. We're going to start out with a tune called Me and Dave, which uh, Johnson wrote in tribute to his friend, and they do some very uh, intricate interplay between piano and uh, saxophone here. You're going to hear some uh, very up-tempo playing as well. Then we'll go on to another great ballad performance that uh, Johnson specialized in, The End of a Love Affair uh, by Edward Redding, and this is a tune that... uh, had a little bit of currency at the time, but wasn't uh, terribly well-known. Then we're going to finish up with one of the very few, in fact, I think the only blues performance on either of these sessions, The Loop, another Dick Johnson tune. Some very up-tempo playing, here's some great uh, solos all around in that case. So that's our set, Me and Dave, The End of a Love Affair, and The Loop, recorded by the Dick Johnson Quartet for Riverside Records in 1957.
1: I'm <laughs> sorry.
0: There's some really good uh, jazz that sort of crosses a lot of boundaries there. Certainly bebop, but also hard bop with Wilbur Ware and Philly Joe Jones. We have some swing era influences in there. Uh, Johnson and, I guess, uh, Dave McKenna were both playing with the big band of Buddy Moreau at the time. And uh, Dick Johnson was uh, particularly interested in the music of Lee Konitz, especially the recordings he did with uh, Lenny Tristano in the late 40s and into the 50s. That kind of cool intellectual jazz that uh, involved a lot of um, interplay between the instruments and uh, writing and so forth. And uh, you can hear some of that in the tunes that we just experienced, including the first one, Me and Dave, a Dick Johnson original that featured some very intricate work between uh, the right hand of the piano and the alto saxophone. Some very clever music in there. Not so much contrapuntal the way that the Tristano recordings would have been, but just very uh, fast, beboppy type of lines, but in harmony. Then we heard that ballad performance of The End of a Love Affair. Uh, First chorus featured a very straight uh, performance by Dick Johnson, straight melody, and then he went into some double-time bebop figures showing his uh, Charlie Parker influence at that time. Then we went on to The Loop, that blues performance. As I said, that was the only blues on all of the recordings we're hearing today and the two albums, the um, uh, most likely two album for Riverside, and also the music for Swinging Moderns for Emmercy that we started the program with. And we heard some great blues performance by uh, performance solos by Dave McKenna and Dick Johnson, also Wilbur Ware on bass and Philly Joe Jones on drums get some innings there as well. Had a little extra time, so I put in another tune, Aw, Come On, Haas. An original by Dick Johnson based on some, uh, on, a, on a standard uh, chord progression, uh, kind of more of a swing era type of performance, although uh, with some more interesting solos than I think you'd uh, get from some of the swing era players who would do things like that at that point. Not really mainstream in that regard. So I hope you've enjoyed this program. An underknown or, or an under-recorded, little-known alto saxophone player from the Boston area who had some celebrity in the 1950s and was certainly a celebrity in his uh, native uh, area of New England, uh, Dick Johnson, great alto sax player in this case. Also, sometime we'll be hearing his clarinet playing, maybe his flute playing as well. So we can have two more tunes from that uh, most likely two album for Riverside. Beautiful ballad performance of... It's So Peaceful in the Country by Alec Wilder. This was better known as a vocal tune by uh, Mildred Bailey, among others. Also, I think, Frank Sinatra as well. Then we're going to finish off with another Dick Johnson original called Lee Antics. Uh, tribute again to Lee Konitz featuring this band with Dick Johnson on alto, Dave McKenna on piano Ware on bass and Philly Joe Jones on drums. You've been listening to WETF, the jazz station in South Bend, Indiana. My name is John Clark and this is The Jazz Focus. Thank you for joining us and hope you enjoy the rest of this program. Mm-hmm.